RadioInfluence.com. Everyone and welcome to the Monday edition of the Dark to Light podcast with Blowtorch Val and Beans. Hey, real quick, I uh, forgot to say this before we started here. If you guys are watching this on Rumble or Getter, please make sure to share this out with your friends. You know what I didn't do today, actually? What? I forgot to start the Getter stream. Oh no! That's a problem. I'm going to do it right now. How was your weekend, Frank? Oh, it was great. That's good. It was. It was a great weekend. I had a, uh, I had a, a nice day on Saturday. Got to go, you know, got to go to uh, dinner with Lauren and Aurora. And then I had a Saturday night. I had something called short rib uh, ravioli that I'd never had before. And I, but the only problem is I thought it was going to be in a red sauce and it came in a, uh, it was pretty much like a ravioli stew. It came in that, in a, that brown stew and it had peas and mushrooms and all that stuff. It was it was pretty good, but because I was I was expecting like you know plum tomatoes and all hmm. that other stuff, but you know whatever. And then that night we went to go celebrate uh, Lauren's father's seventieth birthday. Oh, that's yeah. nice. That's nice. Yeah, that's a How big one. I did a, I did I did good this weekend too. Um, Friday, my day was spent. Uh, Basically, my evening was spent meticulously refreshing on the Matt Taibbi thread called the Twitter Files. Yeah. This dude, I don't know if you were watching this in real time or not, Frank. I was. Okay. The slowest thread I've ever seen go up on Twitter in my entire adult life. Yeah, he was obviously writing it as he was going along. Even if he was... Like some of them, there were like 15 minutes between tweets. I'm like, how long does it take to write five words and throw a screenshot up? It, it took me the entire, because it, it, it went live. During it your was, show. Yeah, just before the show started. So we got to talk about it, but that was only the first 16 or 17 tweets <laughs> and it went to 36. So I had to take, so we, 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 would, we would oscillate between themes on my friday night show because we were talking about alex jones and kanye taking calls on that but you know every 25 minutes to a half hour there we have to go back to see if <laughs> matt put anything else up listen this didn't teach most of us much that are, are, yeah. are in this game right it, it really wasn't it was everything we knew was going on to see them write it out was one thing but i took an interesting perspective off of this it bothered me quite a bit actually Tweet number 22 was the one that really got me. And I'm going to read it to you. I'm sure you've read it already. But you tell me what you think when you read this tweet. It says, although several sources recalled hearing about a, quote, general warning from federal law enforcement that summer about possible foreign hacks, there's no evidence that I've seen of any government involvement in the laptop story. In fact, that might have been the problem. Now, how do you take that? What do you take that to mean? There might have that, 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 wait, wait, wait. read the last part again, because because it, it's uh, it, the real question is, what's the problem? It might have been the problem that there is no government involvement that we can see. I don't I, I don't know what he means by that, but it says there's no evidence that I've seen of any government involvement in the laptop story. Now, so then maybe there's just evidence, but maybe evidence that he has not seen that he knows is out there that we that will have a time and a place. I don't know. I took that to mean 
I said, seemed to me the release of the Twitter docs last night was more to provide cover for the government than tell us anything. They're in hot water in Missouri versus Biden right now because it's about this very thing. And I took this to mean that he was saying that no government was involved at all in trying to suppress the laptop story, even though Biden had reached out, the Biden team had reached out. They weren't technically government at that point, right? They were, well, it was pre, it was pre-election. When you think about how many people in the government wanted Biden to replace Donald Trump, um, I, I, is someone like Biden ever out of the government after 50 years of being involved? No, So, but if, you know, if it, you're Matt Taibbi, you're not doing that. And, and obviously that's the reason why you would give a story like this to someone like to Matt Taibbi or to, uh, anybody else like what's her name barry that other weiss one. barry weiss i've heard about that uh people who are you cannot call them partisans uh, uh for conservatives at least but who are disillusioned by the way that reporting and corruption inside that beltway would um uh would it be would express itself i it's very hard to say that there was no government involvement when the greatest public relations front that was being run by dozens of uh, of intelligence community members, both retired and actively serving, were obviously running a, an op to suppress this in the media by saying off the bat it was Russian. Yep. So there, there's there's th- this alone cannot be taken into consideration to actually sketch the whole the whole situation out. What's interesting is that. Glenn Greenwald came out because Matt Taibbi did a whole like he started getting attacked. Right. Um, everybody was obviously all of the the there was the the line that went out that said basically that he was a pro Elon Musk's, um, you know, PR department and just all kinds of bullshit. You see, but this is the, this is the problem. That is the that is that's the whole thing here. Um, if he wasn't. Then he, if he wasn't, and if he was dismissing all of this, he'd be he'd be fair because the the expectation and the bias that has that was that was more so than ever expressed inside of companies like Twitter for the longest time until recently was pro Democrat, pro statist, pro far left, and pro censorious uh, behavior against anybody who could be considered even at least bit dissident or dissenting to uh to their their orthodoxy so uh, again again when are you when are we finally going to get a fair widely accepted um assessment of the situation if it is ever looking at any way shape or form unflattering to their cult it, it, I mean, and it doesn't even really exonerate Republicans. Everybody was was doing this kind of stuff. Well, to try to- yeah, I mean, he says that the Trump administration did it, too. Like, so, OK, fine. However, I want to show you that I was wrong in my reading of that, of the meaning of that, by the way. Um, he meant no foreign government was involved in the Hunter Biden laptop story. Like, i.e., he was saying there is no foreign government involvement in this laptop thing. What happened was this guy took it to, uh, you know, Hunter took it to the repair shop. The guy found it and the whole story as we know it today. 
Um, there's a couple different things to think about, though, which I'll get into in a second. But Glenn Greenwald did a long thread about what they're doing to Matt Taibbi, okay? Matt Taibbi, if you don't know him, is an award-winning journalist with 30-year track record. Like, like he's not just some rando that popped up a year ago. This guy has been in journalism, in serious journalism for a very long time, reporting about, you know, foreign, um, not foreign, but but corruption, money corruption, all kinds of different corruption in government. I mean, and and he's not, he just never, he, he woke up quickly to the Russia, Russia, Russia spygate story and realized what was happening. And then he, he left, went indie and started his own Substack, and mm-hmm. I follow his Substack. I don't agree with everything he says, especially when he starts to insert opinion into things. He's wrong on some stuff, in my opinion. But he's a great journalist. He wrote an awesome piece on on uh, Kyle Serafin and Steve Friend. Like he just he's a good journalist. So they, Glenn Greenwald's greater message is basically how the media writ large is obviously bought off by the left. Um, he takes particular um, ire with uh, N- Natasha Bert- Bertrand, I think her name, I'm, I'm forgetting her name. I don't know why I know this woman, um, but he started a, a podcast, Frank, uh, it'll be nightly on Rumble, exclusively to Rumble, um, Okay. which is interesting because that's great to me that these guys are moving to Rumble. Like it's, it, it's just gonna change everything. Um, so he does a whole thread about how they destroyed Matt Taibbi and misread everything he said. And he says about tweet 22, um, you have to be extremely stupid or extremely dishonest to think Taibbi was saying he found no evidence of U.S. political officials involved. And I'm like, well, then chalk me up as extremely stupid, because when I read that tweet, I did not think he was saying what Glenn Greenwald is saying he's saying. In retrospect, he is. But that's not how it comes off. And any little thread that you give these people to pull on, they're going to pull on. But Greenwald just d- d- destroys the, the uh, I'll be okay, destroys the security, you know, c- he says that the Hunter Biden laptop, laptop story was a disinformation op by the CIA, that they planted this whole hacked nonsense and then gave it off to their friends and media to run with and then got their 50 intelligence officials to write their letter. And that's the first time I've seen anyone f- directly point a finger at the CIA. Uh, yeah, well, I, that, see, that, that's the most public part of this entire thing was the, that, that really quick and highly coordinated lying that was going on in, all over the place. It's Russian don't even pay attention to it oh that it was congress too you want to talk about a government that was involved yeah you know he, he, uh that 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 bloated puffer face fish freak um adam adam schiff came out and he started playing his old song and dance again um so it was very coordinated um you're just again you're talking about a group of people here i said it yesterday that that you just got to remember Sam Harris when you when you read this endless stream of dismissive cope from the, uh, the these leftist bootlicker types. Uh, th- there's no pile of bodies big enough to get them to care about crime and ethics violations if their cult is implicated mm-hmm. in any serious way. Mm-hmm. In any serious way, if they're implicated, they do not care. You can the crime could be literally anything. 
and they will they will just say they will say oh looks here the trump white house wanted a uh, piece of information removed in 1987 you know it, and and that'll be the story instead of the, the the pile of bodies you just found and then um and then of course the other thing they do is that that classic nunez memo uh oh play, gosh yes the russian where, bots Oh yeah, we, we Russian bots and the two weeks prior to release screaming about how this is going to end democracy. Yep. This is very dangerous, very dangerous. And then when it comes out, they put on their best quirked brow face and they go, uh, is this it? Uh, this is all you have? Is, is this supposed to be the big headline that it's a complex, it's a complex operation at a, at a social media company yeah. to try to discern what kind of information is valid <laughs> in a snap judgment kind of, oh, this is uh, punchable faces all over the place. You can't, we're talking to inanimate objects. NPCs. By the way, Mike, Mike Boring, God bless you, sent us a nice little rumble rant. Merry Christmas to you too, my friend. This was very kind of you. Um, Thank you. Thank you, Mike. Yeah, seriously. Wow. Um, It's the same thing, rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat. And just to prove out how the interesting thing for me is, is that think about the lawsuits going on right now. Obviously, we all know what's going on in the Missouri v. Biden lawsuit because I can't stop talking about it. Directly tied to Twitter and Facebook and this narrative that the FBI went out to these social media companies and told them, don't don't let any of this stuff propagate because it's likely Russian hacks. Okay, so there's your government involvement. There's your involvement right there. So there's an FBI agent, Chan, who went to Meta and told them over there and, and, and Zuckerberg outed all this. This was as Zuckerberg and Meta gave this guy's name to the Missouri team, to the plaintiffs in that lawsuit. And they just deposed him last week. So like, as I sit back and I look at all this, I know what stuff is gonna be needed for discovery in different suits. I mean, John Paul MacIsaac has a lawsuit against Twitter right now for this very thing. So thinking to myself, like how they're gonna release this in the middle of an ongoing lawsuit with somebody that's accusing them of defamation for saying he hacked anything because that's why they banned John Paul MacIsaac. They said he was, you know, purveying hacked materials, but we know that that's not true. Clearly they didn't even think that the stuff was hacked. It was clearly an operation, but then to see the 4am talking points that came out for these people where everybody is saying the same exact thing. It's almost as though they're in a room somewhere together. There's like 30 or 40 tweets Imagine doing, throwing it all the way to do PR work for the richest person in the world. Everybody had a different version of PR for the richest person in the world, PR for the richest person. It's like, it's like that video that we watched of the Sinclair broadcasters all doing the same exact thing at the same time. Like, what, what the hell? And it's um, a good, it's a good thing that you bring that up because that's really the basis of what's going on here. Um, all of this are uh, all of this is jockeying for the uh, the minds of just everyday people with with absolute lies and uh, and time tested psychological programming. That's it. No, nobody's actually trying to get a. Uh, well, th- th- there's one side. I definitely do see. Um, the, I, I, there's not a lot I trust coming out of the Elon Musk uh, end of things. I've had quite a few laughs. Uh, at the expense of his business moves with Twitter in the last couple of uh, weeks, 
and months. I think that it has given us a lot of great conversational fodder. Um, there is objectively better things going on there than there were in the last however many years. But ultimately, there's a war on for all of our minds. And uh, and and I think that this is all this is all just uh, well. A couple things there, Frank. He did a Twitter Spaces on Friday or Saturday. I don't remember what day it was where he, Elon talked to people for like an hour and a half. He said the next segment of things is Barry Weiss, I believe. He said he was under threat of assassination. Not surprising. Um, a whole bunch of other stuff. He has removed over 50,000 pro-pedophile like account sharing child sexual information and videos and stuff in the past two days. He's completely, you know, he's, getting rid of that he's trying to get rid of that section of twitter which was always my biggest thing i can't say a government official's corrupt but this guy or girl can share sexual you know pornography that's against the law on this platform something's just not right there so he's doing that um somebody brahma said hey love you guys what happened to a private company can do what it wants to now, that's the argument that a lot of these people are coming out with, Frank, about on the left. is like, oh, they're a private company. They're a private company until the government is telling them what to do. Then they become an arm of the government. And that's not okay. Who's saying they're a private company? All the left are like, oh, well, Twitter's a private company and they can do whatever they want up until Elon Musk until, bought uh, it. Until, yeah, until, and, okay. and then it was, oh, he can't be doing this. This is blah, blah, you know, the, the whole thing. Then they went to Congress. Right. They started, they, yeah, they started petitioning congressmen and women to, you know, Elizabeth Warren talking about how uh, Elon one man should not be allowed to go into a dark room and make decisions on how we're communicating. Mm-hmm. I would love to hear, hear that. Elon Musk saying, prepare my dark room. Prepare my dark room. <laughs> I, I I need to I need to take make a decision. I want to dark give me the darkest room. Uh-huh. We we I just have to say, like, I don't know when he's planning on doing it, but again, um, I will just show everybody that I am still permanently suspended, along with probably hundreds of thousands of all of you guys out there. So I have not seen this amnesty take place. I would surely really like to be over there to debunk some of the bull crap that's going on with people um, and things they're saying that are just utterly false because if I could do half the work that I'm doing on Truth Social over on Twitter, I could reach a whole bunch of people um, that I'm not reaching now. The one figure who's been a in all of these scandals all over the place, from Spygate to this, is James Baker. Yeah, saw him again. James Baker, general counsel of Twitter up until recently. James Baker, uh, Turley. Wasn't he general counsel of the FBI? Yes. Yes, and and so Jonathan Turley did a whole column, uh, Six Degrees from James Baker, a familiar figure reemerges with the release of Twitter files. He he was involved with everything. He got fired, but he was with the Sussman case. He was involved. Sussman, he was the lawyer Sussman went to. Um, he was under criminal investigation well, I, 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 for something. I don't remember exactly what it's been so long. My goodness, it's, it's escaping me. But like, you know, he... He was the guy, he was the fixer, the person that everybody took everything to to get it to other places. The people, you know, and he could always hide behind this like attorney client privilege nonsense. 
um, that in the Sussman case, the judge decided wasn't always true. But again, Sussman didn't end up facing any accountability whatsoever. However, he was also involved, as Adam Carter had poignantly pointed out, in the in the GSA uh, scandal where they were using the Logan Act, basically, to spy on Trump and Flynn. And it's a very detailed column that he does, but the end result is here. The GSA was in receipt of an email from James Baker asking them to preserve certain things because certain committees might need them. He wanted them to keep everything regarding General Flynn. He wanted them to keep um, the, the records of certain Trump records too to send to the committees to work on that, the General Services Administration. So the committees would have the information, but the committees at that at that point, other than, well, yeah, the HIPC too, was under Democrat control. So he's he's like the one kind of scheming out all of this crap. He, he's the main figure in so many different scandals. The GSA article, if you want to watch it, is uh, read it, is so detailed and well done, and it'll be in the show notes today. Um, okay. But he, he's behind everything, and here he is again at Twitter doing the same shit that he did elsewhere. Oh, Which, gosh. of course, was his new job after the old job, uh, you know. So it's the same people. And Vidaya is now working misinformation in the government somewhere, I believe. She was hired by the Biden administration, if I'm not mistaken. Do you know? Well, I mean, you can't you can't let you can't let such a cold blooded, passive aggressive killer like that go uh, without a job. That is like a oh, she's terrible. Gosh. And I do believe that 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 um, Jack Dorsey was in the dark about all this. I think he was in the dark from like. You know, the past, once it started going off the rails, I, I don't think he had the skill set to handle it. And he hired the wrong people. Oh, he was overwhelmed. He was definitely overwhelmed. And he was overwhelmed by these people who just who just coveted what he had built. No doubt about it. But I can't absolve him of every of of nearly um, half or, or, or less than half of, of what of what was going on under his uh, his um, his ownership and all yeah. that. Yeah. Well, Even if he didn't know, he was responsible to know. Well, he he made all those. He made a couple, or at least one of those appearances on Rogan with that Vijaya Gade woman. Yeah, and so she I wouldn't mean, shut was, up. She wouldn't let him talk because she was the one driving everything. And well, he had the power to fire her afterwards. Didn't I mean he was dead? They were all part of the team. So I don't. I can't absolve him. Although I can see how. They, um, you know, a a crack team of international minded uh, censor hawks and and uh, and Bolsheviks came on in and and coveted what he had and built and, and the power of it. And that was just it. It was probably just became him against the world and his own company. But he had to be complicit in, in most significant ways. I, I don't absolve him of anything either. Um, I just don't think he knew. And a lot of it, because I, I, maybe that was willful. Maybe he was like, mm. do whatever you want. Don't tell me. I don't know. But I don't think that he he knew. He he was one of the people who was always groveling and apologizing to everyone. We're so sorry we did this. We didn't mean to. I mean, he apologized after the Hunter Biden laptop story. But again, at least now we have Elon Musk getting rid of the, the 
child sex abuse stuff on the platform. Um, suspension rates double for Twitter accounts exploiting child sex abuse material. Um, a cybersecurity and data analyst funding research into Twitter's alleged si uh, child sex abuse material problem said Saturday that the platform has nearly doubled its daily suspension rate on accounts that share exploitative content containing child pornography. Th this was a market that was very robust and flourishing under previous ownership. Um, and it's it needs to stop. So I'm glad that they're at least doing that because there we would report stuff sometimes and it would take months for them to do anything about it you okay yeah was something going on upstairs no i just everything's fine okay so moving along from there we'll see what happens next i'm still not all hype about twitter because they're not doing everything that they said they were going to do, and it bothers me. Um, did you hear that Harmeet Dillon is running for RNC chair? Who's this? Harmeet Dillon. She's the attorney. Um, runs Dillon Law Group. Has been behind lots of major lawsuits for election lawsuits. She's she's a great attorney. I mean, she's just she's always on Fox News. Um, I think she represents James O'Keefe in some things. She's just, Harmeet Dillon is running for RNC chair. Okay. Um, that would be a really, really, really good change for the RNC if she were to win. Why, what do you think she brings with her? Honesty and integrity. Okay. She's, I've heard from people who have worked f with her that she's very, um, she cracks a whip, we'll put it that way. But that that doesn't discount that you're honest and you have integrity. It just means that you're a tough boss. Which... Well, uh, uh, in other news, this happened over the weekend. I just sent you a link. I had to put it, I, people started tagging me and I retweeted it. I said, I did not need this today. Oh boy, okay. S Steve Bannon made a, a very, he, he said something very, very bad about me. Did he really? Let's yeah. hear. Quite frankly, uh, you know, contributed to the death of seven million people because <gasps> of funding of gain of function uh, experiments in the Wuhan lab. Frank, I'm, I did not need that at all on Saturday, and I can't believe that he would say something like, like that about me. Oops, seven million people. Where do I even get? I don't have this kind of money. I don't think you have that kind of power either. Even though some might might debate it. I live in a cheese box of an apartment right now. I would not be here. <laughs> you could kill 7 million people. Oh my gosh. Um, let's move to something a little more lighthearted for you, Frank. Did you hear how this new company, uh, I didn't pull it up for today, but there's, there's this new company who, it's on Citizen Free Press, but that's not where I first saw it. Hold on. They're ruining astronomy. A huge satellite is now one of the brightest objects in the sky. The Blue Walker 3 satellite now outshines all but the brightest stars and could severely hamper progress in our understanding of the cosmos. Yeah. Oh, oh you, you know, it was back in Thanksgiving, not, maybe not Thanksgiving, but maybe a couple of days before Thanksgiving. There was this, uh, this Chinese Asian chick or whatever on, um, on Twitter. She's a technologist. 
and she got a lot of backlash for this one that she showed. Uh, she showed that all these prototype drone projected advertisements that they were they oh. were testing in the New York City skyline, where you look up into the sky, even though if you live in a city or something like that, it's been a long time since you've seen the stars as well. But you look up and there's about a couple hundred drones forming the uh, forming the, the insignia of Pepsi or something like that or Hello Kitty in the sky. So now wherever you go, there's nothing but the Blade Runner nightmare that we're starting to live in. And I was thinking about that stuff too, because I would just, you know, in the summer and the springtime, I'll sometimes go out in, into my, my driveway and just lay down on the blacktop, especially on, on like a set on a July or an August night when the blacktop is still comfortably warm from an entire day of having it get beat up by the sun and i'll just look up and you just see i know they're not planes now because they're so much higher up you can just see satellites crisscrossing all over the place and it's just it's distracting and it's uh it takes away i don't know it just takes something away from from what we're doing and yeah i have I um it. i have some here i just pulled this up real quick I'm going to pause it real quick, but I'll show you what it looks like if you guys haven't seen it. Here we are. Here's a drone show in Sydney, Australia. They, they literally go up. I'll put the link for the listeners on podcast, but they go up in the sky and they make these crazy like demonstrations. I've seen some really sick ones, though, that like have kind of made you scratch your head a little bit. Like, hey, what is this? But yeah, this oh, is yeah. Well, this is part of a show. I'm talking about advert. I'm talking about ads. Like, Same difference. Same difference. Well, I mean, if, if it's part of, you know, if you think about if you think about Fourth of July, and you're having a celebration, and you do something special for people, but they're all gathering around. They're going to get wooed like you you go to a you know, Disney back. Yeah, or a light or a laser light show or something like that. But it's another thing altogether to just, you know, to to have your your night sky blotted out with Hello Kitty. But <laughs> anyway, um, there was a massive mass. Does anyone live in North Carolina? If you're in the chat right now and you live in North Carolina, give me a, a thumbs up. Um, <clears throat> there was. I guess gunmen went around to certain substations in North Carolina yesterday and shot them up. Hundreds of thousands of people without power in North Carolina. Just by targeting certain substations. Shot them. Shot them. Took them down. They put a curfew in place from 9 p.m. to 5 a.m. I think that there are like still 50,000 people without power in North Carolina um, over this, but... A state of emergency went into effect. It's it's being investigated as a criminal occurrence. Crews found signs of potential vandalism. Um, Field said multiple rounds were fired at two substations. It was targeted. It wasn't random. No suspects have been identified. But they say this person or person who this person or persons who did this knew exactly what they were doing. We don't have any idea why they chose Moore County. You know, things like this were uh, we over here were were wondering about or or would often bring up how easy it would be to do something like that to Indian Point. Now, they 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 shut that down not too long ago. 
but Indian Point, just a few miles north of where we are right now, and that pro- at that one point that provided, I think, over twenty five percent of the of the energy needs to New York City. In yeah. case you want to know another reason why power is skyrocketing now, but it's sitting right on the on the river. Yeah, we're like you know. Somebody wanted to go take a rowboat over there and toss a grenade at the damn thing. I, I obviously they wouldn't put the reactor right there on the river bank, but it, it's like obviously these people got close enough to just shoot it. The power grid in the United States is one of the most vulnerable and and easily exploitable targets. It is it is antiquated. The parts are unavailable sometimes. Obviously, with supply chain problems, they take forever to receive. It's one of the most easily exploitable vulnerabilities that the United States have. The FBI has joined the investigation now. Like, let's figure out how easy this really is with just a gun. I mean, it's not like these things are monitored. These substations aren't, like, surveilled all the time. They don't have staff sitting outside of them watching what's going on. Um, so, and there's, there was supposed to be a drag show going on in North Carolina at around this time, the downtown divas drag show at seven o'clock. And there was a lot of like nasty, you know, back and forth surrounding it. Uh And they're trying to say that because of the timing of the vandalism and when the drag show was going to happen, that it was because of the drag show that this person cut out the power to or people cut out power to, to tens of thousands of people. Come on. I think that's a little bit of a stretch. Like just go pick it outside the damn place. Like who's going to shoot up power stations to shut the power off so that they can't do the drag. Come on. Right. Break. Right. We know we, we need, we need by all means necessary. We've got to cut. That is literally cutting your nose off to spite your face. Controversial drag show ends early following power outage. Oh, no. Yes. Yes. Listen, we need to be able to see our drag queens, Frank, without interruption. The drag. If you turn off the lights, the drag queens can't exist. <laughs> it was it's so ridiculous. It was scheduled as a fundraiser for Sandhills Pride, the local nonprofit supporting the LGBTQ community. It was originally allowed for children and teenagers, but following angry protests, they o- they announced that only individuals 18 and older would be admitted. Very kind of them to change the rules. Because of the angry protest, they said, fine, only adults can be at our sex show. I mean, <laughs> I'm so tired of this nonsense. Like, seriously, like, it, Crowder. So f- Crowder had an episode last week where he was talking about this and, like, one of these women who were out there outside of one of these things, angry that people were protesting men walking around in underwear with fake boobs or real boobs in some cases, shaking their penis in front of everybody. Um, They said, would you want a bunch of naked men to read to your kids? And she was like, why not? And I'm like, she's like, it's a human body. It's natural. I'm like, these are people who uh, these are people who a couple of years ago, when we were just at the beginning point of this insanity, were going on tirades on the Internet and protesting because men would manspread on the train. Yes. They, these are the people who in the earlier in the earlier uh, stages of this mind virus that has really progressed rather quickly. 
would 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 complain about man spreading on on a subway train because you know we have testicles between our thighs and uh it's a little bit easier and a little bit more comfortable for us to you know keep the knees apart a little bit just so that we can breathe from time to time that was outrageous that was an affront that was a, an invasion of, of female space now it's okay for men to pinwheel their penises in front of children <laughs> because they are less than the toxically masculine men that they were protesting on the train a couple of years ago. See, as, as long as we're picking apart that toxic masculinity, then if, okay, here now you can access my children. They're nuts. They're nuts. They need to be. It's okay, Frank. You can say it. No, I can't. <laughs> no, I can't. Um, I agree with you, actually. It, it's crazy because who was the director of uh, Avatar? James Cameron. I saw James, this one, too. James Cameron comes out and says testosterone is what was his quote exactly? Testosterone. It's, it's a toxin. It's a toxin that needs to be purged from men's bodies. Men. I like your testosterone. Please, please enhance the testosterone. Wasn't there a big thing like a couple years ago about how soy milk and soy products yeah. lower testosterone in men? It like I don't know. I'll ask. I'll ask my my buddy Jay about how soy stimulates estrogen production. But uh, but yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah, and so. Um, Let's see. Eight foods that lower testosterone levels. Yep. Yep, it does. Soy and soy-based products. Some research shows that regularly eating soy products, it's really unhealthy for you anyway, soy. The way that it's processed, has there's toxins in it. We'll get into that another day. But yeah. Mint, licorice root, vegetable oil, flaxseed, processed foods, alcohol, and nuts. That doesn't mean not to eat those things, people. It just means if you want high testosterone. Are you verified now? I didn't even notice that. Look at you with your little blue check on Twitter. Oh. You. Oh, that no. I, I bought the eight dollars because I, I wanted the uh I wanted the the um the longer video upload uh length. No, that's fine. But I haven't, um, I've only uploaded one video that was longer than two minutes and 20 seconds. So I, I already canceled the $8 until uh, until the need arises again. So that, that should go away on December 9th. Oh, okay. So you're not going to be verified anymore after December 9th. Verified. I See, I, I, I really wish that he picked another avatar other than the check because I, I understand that that in itself was trolling people who were verified you know, uh, from a public figure standpoint or an official brand, which there should be a, uh, I, I should be able to verify myself if I have a certain amount of subscribership or something and I represent a serious business brand, which I, I think I do, even though it's not the biggest brand. But uh, so I think, I wish that process was a little bit easier, but you know, I understand this is a troll job, but I wanted those. Uh, those that's those fine. Perks. That's fine. That's why I would have done it too. I have the paid telegram for perks like that that work out in, for business. Um, I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. There's stuff that you could do on telegram, a bunch of little features. Um, 
Glenn Greenwald, though, back to this, I'm kind of jumping around a little, is going to have a new podcast, like I said, on Rumble. It's called System Update. It'll be every day from 7 to 8, I believe. Um, And he did one the other day where, like, I'm sitting there watching it, and I'm like, this I can get, like, we're not after partisanship, Frank. I don't want a reporter or journalist to be partisan, I don't want to know what their politics are, honestly. I want them to call out the left or the right equally if they do things wrong. Like, for example, if Dan Crenshaw is guilty of campaign finance violations, which he is, we should call that out for what it is. Dan Crenshaw, stop accepting too much money when you're campaigning and start doing things by the book. But as we all know, Dan Crenshaw is not really the best. So it is what it is. But... I was agreeing with everything Glenn Greenwald was saying. Everything he was saying. Because it was true. And that's all we care about is truth. I don't give a crap if, the, if, a, if, a, if a politician on the right does something corrupt, shady, abhorrent. I'm going to call it out just as loud as if it's someone on the left. It just so happens that more lefties are doing horrible, terrible things because they're authoritarians. Whereas... You like to think on the right, they're not so bad. <laughs> That's just yeah. where we're at. So, um, grab her by the the the, com- the comments are hysterical. I just gotta say, under what Un- under on that? Rumble, they're funny. In in the chat room or under that story? No, in the chat room in our Rumble room where people are watching Rumble. Yes, they're funny. Um, speaking of which, I'm going to hit this a little bit because I'll be honest with you guys. Um, I, I am kind of, I'm kind of in a rush today because I'm going to catch a flight to go to Florida and I'm looking at the time and I'm like, so I'm kind of like hesitant to start anything too crazy because we're going to need to end soon so that I can get home, get my luggage, and get to the airport on time. And then, obviously, Wednesday we will not have a show because I'm flying back in the middle of it. So there's that. Um, but did you see this thing about Nick Fuentes getting into a food fight in California? No, I did not. A food fight? <laughs> yeah, a food fight. Well, well, he he is, what, 17? I don't know how old he is, but somebody came up to him and was like, hey... Um, you're Nick Fuentes. You you can't be here, and started with him, and then they got into this food fight in the middle of this In and Out Burger. It's loud. They're throwing food at each other. Uh, this is what this is what happens when you put cameras on people like this. Was uh, he was with other people though, right? I, I think he was with one other person. Um, and then a Jewish um, MMA fighter has challenged Yi to a a fight. So there's that. I'm That'll gonna... settle it once and for all. Yeah, I know because I'm sure Yi has trained all his life to be a fighter. Um, yes, and and if you and if, and if and if Kanye gets his ass beat, then then we know who was right and who was wrong about everything. That's what it comes down to. It's like Game of Thrones. When you lose your you lose your uh, your trial, and you can you can opt for the sword. There is 
I don't know. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to end the show today early. I'm ending early. That's what I'm doing. Because I can. You know what? I think that we did a really nice body of work. <laughs> we, we covered a nice body of work. Um, Kanye's dinner guest. People are, are commenting. Safe travels. Tell the general, hey, thanks for the Zoom. Oh, at the Dark Delight Extravaganza. That was good. Yeah, guys, sorry about our ending a little early today. We're about, what, 10 minutes early. Um, I just, I want to make sure I get out of here on time and I don't miss my plane. Appreciate all you watching and, and listening. Make sure you keep following this whole Twitter thing because like I said, everything intertwines with each other. This Twitter thing intertwines with the Missouri v. Biden lawsuit, with the John Paul Mac Isaac lawsuit. Who knows what else Twitter's gonna come out with on their own. But the one thing I will say, and you give me your opinion before we leave, everybody's then gonna be suing Twitter as it stands today for the things that happened years ago so then what happens is elon musk just opening the door to legal action on twitter that's part of, that is a, the part of my question that i've had from the get-go i uh and i i mean i asked to uh, i asked judge joe brown about that too um because i finally i just wanted somebody in that field to say what could be possible for elon musk if you paid 44 billion dollars for an overpriced as Steve Bannon called, Steve Bannon calls it a crime scene, which it is. You're talking about election fraud. You're talking about just fraud in general. A Any time that you inflate numbers or you present them to be what they are not, in order to uh, posture for the public or for investors, advertisers, um, in, in it, you know, as one dollar sign or another, it's fraud. And, and if you are a an outside buyer that comes in and you kick open the back door and you just see what the hell i mean there's got to be there's got to be a, a way for him to, to get out ahead of this yeah well that's why i said he's got to in my view and i don't know what the, the legal ramifications are he's a very small window to get on out there and say yo look what i found obviously this was here before i got here what do we do about it and who gets to uh shoulder the weight of the responsibility it shouldn't be him so I, i'm i uh, i think it's very smart for him to go out there and really air out all dirty laundry um quickly i so, wonder how much they were able to delete before he took over that's another question how much are, how much were they able to i i mean it's you you give these people any amount of time you let them know that you're coming from the moment that he expressed interest in buying the damn thing and it started getting more and more serious, they had months. You're talking about this. He still, he, he started flirting with the idea of buying Twitter. April. Yeah. In, in spring of this year. Mm -hmm. And then you have the entire summer where he had no legal access to the infrastructure where they were a completely locked down, like an oyster kind of a, co a company. I, I, I can't imagine. I mean, obviously, you can't dump everything. You can't just allow it so that he walks through the front door with his team on day one and there is nothing in the uh, in the conference, in, in the backups. Yeah, no, yeah. E no emails left. So it'd be ridiculous to go through all those emails as meticulously as that. So there's always going to be something left behind. But God knows what they got rid of. And they probably have burner phones and bat oh, yeah. phones. Oh, yeah. Yeah, bat phones and burner phones for sure. All right, guys. Well, you have been listening. Oh, yeah. What do you got going on tonight? Anything good? Uh, no, no. I was actually going to talk a little. I'm just going to give some little thought, extended thoughts about this, which I've mostly said a lot of it. 
So I was just gonna look into some. Now, the next couple of days, I just have, uh, I have some space to do some weird stuff. I like, I'd like to do some weird stuff. Okay. Well, you have been listening to the Dark to Light podcast with. Well, Frankie Bell on the drums <laughs> and. Beans. What happened to Blowtorch Bell? The blowtorch is not up. Oh, right all now. right, all right. You can hear us every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 2.30 Eastern Time on TuneIn, Stitcher, Apple iTunes, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and RadioInfluence.com. Or you can watch us live every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 8.30 Eastern Time on Rumble and Getter. We'll be back on Friday, guys. Have a fantastic week. Later. <laughs>